0: Good morning, and welcome to our Daily Word Prayer. I'm Tom Short, so glad to have you along on this Thursday morning, July 22nd. We are in the book of Romans. We've been talking about worldviews, and we certainly want to take into uh, account Paul's view of the world. And in Romans, he lays it out more clearly than, clearly than maybe any other place, more clearly succinctly than any other place in the Bible. Romans 1 16, he says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. And then he goes on to come with an indictment, shall we say, against humanity. And he tells us why the gospel is the answer. And he's going to spend the next couple chapters. Uh, we're not going to go all through all that, I don't believe, but over the, we're talking here in chapter 1, and then he goes into chapter 2 and 3, and he shows us why the gospel is the answer, and why the need is so intense, so great, so significant. We're in chapter 1, verse 18, and here Paul says, "...for the wrath of God..." Is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. I've often thought, you know, how do, how is the truth suppressed? When I preach the gospel out on campus, I have people challenge me. They speak up. They heckle. They disagree. They come with their the arguments of skeptics. They seek to present themselves as more intellectually superior. than uh, than believers are. And they want to come with their intellectual arguments and their reasoning against having faith in God, the Bible, and Jesus Christ. But what really suppresses the truth of God? What really stands in the way of God's Word prevailing and going forth? Paul says they suppress the truth in unrighteousness or by unrighteousness. It is unrighteous to suppress the truth but also I would like to argue that it is not superior intellectual arguments ultimately that suppress the truth because they don't have them the alleged superior arguments are only they only connect with people who want to believe them they only connect with people who who find pleasure or find comfort in believing there's no god or believing the bible's not true they don't love the truth because they love unrighteousness. This idea of righteousness promoting the truth and unrighteousness opposing or suppressing or holding back or holding down the truth of God, this doesn't normally, this isn't the way we think in our Western mind. We have come to believe that truth is isn't related to morality. That, that immoral and wicked people can come up with truth and t- share truth with us because we, we think truth is only intellectual. It's only academic. It's only a matter of the mind. But this is so contrary to what's taught in the Bible. The Bible teaches that that truth and morality, truth and life, truth and righteousness are linked together you really can't have one without the other. And we've got to be very, very careful that we don't fall into the trap of thinking that you can. Now, this doesn't mean that a, uh, you know, a, a, an atheist couldn't um, you know, solve a math problem. That's not what it's saying. But we're talking about the truths that really matter, the truths of God, the eternal truths, the moral truths, the laws that govern the universe can't be found unless there is a love of truth, and a love of truth is related to a willingness to follow it, a a, a willingness to live righteously. Or dare we say, if you're living unrighteously, a willingness to repent. Say, God, I've been wrong. God, I'm sorry. I want to know the truth. This, This truth and righteousness connection is found throughout the writings of Paul. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he's talking about love. And he says what? Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness. But then he doesn't go on and say, but it rejoices in righteousness. He says, it does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but it rejoices in the truth. It's like these are opposites. Unrighteousness is the opposite of the truth. And so here he's saying it again. In Second. Thessalonians he's talking about the last days that's a very 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 scary verse actually for people who choose not to love the truth and choose unrighteousness And look how he says this second, uh, second Thessalonians chapter 2 and beginning with verse 9. This, that is the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan with all the power and signs of false wonders, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish. Now, why do people perish? Because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. This is why people perish. For some reason, they do not love the truth. They they love something else. What is it they love instead? Verse 11, for the 2nd uh, 2 Thessalonians 2:11 2, for this reason God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false in order that all may be judged who did not believe the truth but took pleasure in wickedness what again here we see the contrast those who did not believe the truth they did not love the truth but what did they love they loved wickedness they loved unrighteousness they loved sin my friend, people who love sin have great difficulty coming to Christ. That's why they don't. They have great difficulty receiving the truth. That's why they're blind. That's why they're deluded. That's why they don't see it. They don't get it. I, you know, I've i I've often wondered, you know, people who tell me they're atheists and they say, I see no evidence of God anywhere. And I, I often thought, you know, it'd be, <clears throat> they'd be more believable if they would say, I don't see enough evidence, or I'm not persuaded by the evidence. I realize you Christians have a lot of reason to believe, but I'm, it's just not enough to persuade me. They'd be more—they would make a better argument if they would say that, but they don't. They say I see no evidence anywhere. What's that tell you? There's a spirit of delusion upon them. There's—why is there a spirit of delusion upon them? Because they do not love the truth, and why do they not love the truth? because they take pleasure in wickedness, because they love unrighteousness, because they're suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. Be aware of this when you talk to people like this. Be aware when you talk to people who seem so far gone that they're just not getting it. It's not, they're they're not to be, they can't be persuaded intellectually. That's not because that's not the issue. That's not the problem. The problem is something down far, far deeper. It is a love of sin, a love of wickedness. That's where you've got to, if you want to help these people, that's where you've got to aim. That's where you've got to get to. That's where you've got to talk about. And that's where you and I need to be wise enough that we're not misled. And our youth, our youth who are in high school, our youth who are in college and who hear arguments about raised up against the knowledge of God, they've got to learn that if these arguments are coming from wicked people, or people who love sin they've got to learn that that you know you tell a, a, a tree by its fruit you can tell if if the if what the person who's teaching false ideas about god you can look at their life and their life you look far enough you'll find there is a wickedness there and the wickedness never satisfies this is why it's so important that we learn not only who, but not only what people taught, the great philosophers, teachers, or even musicians, celebrities, politicians, people who provide answers for us, tell us about how to live our lives. It's so important not only that we know what they say, but more importantly, did it work for them? How's their life turning out? What, you know, why would anyone, for instance, listen to a Hollywood celebrity tell us about how how to have a love life? Look at their love life. I mean, how many of them have one? How many of them that can know how to have a marriage? How many can know how to get along with another person instead of just put to put forth a false front that is that is fake, phony, and empty? It's why it's so important we learn these different skeptics who've raised up against the knowledge of God, so many of them depressed, Number of them committed. I mean, the great names uh, you know, like we've talked talked here about Marx, a guy who you know just sit around and drink and be angry and bitter at the world while his own family suffers. We look at, at so many people who were were there, the great thought leaders of the of that are taught in our universities today. So many of them, their lives were immoral, wicked at a level at a level of de- degradation and corruption that is is disgusting and yet somehow we think they're brilliant people. No, 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 no. The truth is suppressed by unrighteousness. Never forget it. The other side doesn't have better arguments. They may make them more forcefully. They may have thought about them more because they want an excuse to hide, to suppress the truth of God. Men love the darkness, Jesus said in John chapter 3. Why? Why? They love the darkness because their deeds are evil, not because they're smarter. Don't ever believe this. Don't let your youth believe this. Be careful who your young people learn from. Be careful your children or grandchildren are learning from. A tree is known by its fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. You've got to know the root. If the root is a love of sin, the fruit is going to be bad. If the root is a humility and a love of righteousness, they're probably going to produce a pretty good fruit. So, how, do, how is the truth suppressed by unrighteousness? How is the truth released by righteousness, brothers and sisters? In our own lives, before our own children and our grandchildren, before our neighbors, let's make sure that we're living lives that are exemplary, lives that reflect our love for Jesus lives that, that, that we're always on guard. We're always on display. People are watching us. And some people, you know, I hear on campus more than anything, people walk away from the faith because of hypocrisy of Christians. Well, maybe that's overblown, but we don't want to give them that excuse. We want to instead make sure that we're living righteous lives and walking godly with, with walking godly. Our culture, as we've said, is engaged in a tremendous battle At the root of it is a truth versus lies conflict. The truths of God versus the lies of secular humanism, secular hedonism, Marxism, etc. We must know how to win the argument intellectually, but let's never forget that there's also a far deeper level of victory necessary, and that victory comes as our lives demonstrate the, the goodness of what we believe, as our lives demonstrate the rightness. People may argue with us, but sooner or later we want them to we, we want them to say, no matter how, men, how much they think they won the argument, they can't argue with our lives, that our lives are filled with joy, filled with hope, filled with faith, filled with love. We rise above. We're better people because of what we believe. We're better people because of who we believe in. We're better people because of who we follow, and that will have to be recognized and acknowledged. Amen? And so, let's you and I, we promote the truth as we live righteously before our God. Father, we thank you that your truth changes lives We thank you that that the things that matter, the truth that matters is not just some academic exercise to argue and debate, but these things really matter. These things, the truths of God, the gospel, the, the message of Christ, the messages found in the Bible versus the messages of the world. It's not just for some ivory tower discussion. These things relate to life, how we see ourselves, how we treat other people, how we how we handle difficulties and circumstances that are against us. Father, I pray today for those of us who name the name of Christ, that you would give us the grace and we would would require of our own lives that we walk in righteousness and uprightness, uprightness, that we walk worthy of the gospel, that we walk in ways that honor you, that we walk as you command us to walk, We thank you this is all possible. Thank you you've given us the Holy Spirit of God to live within us. He is the Spirit of truth who will lead us into all the truth. And we don't believe, Lord, even as we've seen here. We don't believe that truth is just static. We believe that you will lead us into living the truth, experiencing the truth, walking in the truth. And we pray, Father, for this. We pray that, Father, in our day and age, there's such a conflict of the truth of God versus the deceptions of the world and the deceptions of evil men. We pray, Father, for evil men to be exposed. We pray for evil people. We pray for those who fight against the truth of God. Lord, they want to present themselves as wise and intelligent. We know, Lord, down deep, the real issues are they're suppressing truth because of unrighteousness. And I pray that their own unrighteousness would be revealed that those who rise up against the knowledge of God, those who who arrogantly oppose you, those who argue against you, those who promote false ideas and the lies of the world, expose them, expose their wickedness, expose their pride, expose their their emptiness of life, because Lord, you we don't want to follow them. You said that they would be like a blind man leading another blind man into a pit. Lord, we don't want our lives. We don't want our children. We don't want our grandchildren. We don't want our, we don't want our, 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 our world. We don't want our culture. We don't want our friends following blind people who are just going to fall into a pit. We want them to follow the, those who are, who are walking in the light of God and whose path is well illumined. And we thank you that your truth illumines our path and leads us in paths of righteousness that will grow brighter and brighter until the full day. Oh Lord, we pray for this. We pray, we pray, Lord, that those following you, Lord, lift them up, exalt them. Might they be seen and heard. Might their lives provide guidance and light to many, many people. And again, Lord, those who aren't, those who are suppressing the truth by unrighteousness, expose them, bring them down, bring them to their knees, bring them to humility. How we pray, Lord, for people like this to to be saved, to realize their own weakness, and to repent of their love of unrighteousness and wickedness, and instead to be saved. Lord, we pray in our nation for pornographers and porn stars and Hollywood moguls and and and, and Wall Street titans and 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 the power brokers in Washington D.C. and the, the people, Lord, that that think they have it all together, but they're running from you and they're they're opposing you. Bring them low. Bring them to repentance. Bring them to salvation because your arm is not so short that it cannot save. We pray, Lord, for those people in our very own lives who oppose us, maybe a neighbor, someone in our family. Lord, we pray for those people also. Bring them, Lord, bring them to a place of repentance to turn from their wickedness and find the truth and to love the truth and to be saved and to become true followers of christ protect our children give them discernment with from false teachers be they in the classroom be they on the uh, be they singing to us on the radio lord protect us protect our youth from false teachers whose lives are loving wickedness and they're suppressing the truth pray for these things bless this day fill us with your joy your victory fill us with faith and love for all people we encounter today we ask these things in your name and for your glory, and we pray it in Jesus name. Amen. And amen and amen. Hey, these are, these are pretty heavy truths we're talking about here. A lot of this stuff you may not hear in church. A lot of this stuff, you know, that this, uh, you, you may not hear people talking about. Th- these, this is the Word of God. This is the scripture. And these, the things that we're addressing here recently and today, are things we've got to understand if we want to be victorious Christians in the culture and world in which we live. So I pray you be back with me every day. I know you will be. I Pray you invite your friends, share this. You know the way you share Just copy, copy and paste the URL and uh, and send it to um, send it in an email or or hit the share button, put it up on your Facebook or wherever your Instagram. Share these things and invite your friends. Say this is important stuff. We should be listening. Okay. So God bless you. You have a great day. I love you folks. And we'll see you tomorrow morning where we continue in looking at how Paul saw his worldview and how he looked at the world and how he saw the gospels and the necessary answer. Important stuff we're seeing, and I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye bye.